Welcome back to the Richard Pyatt Show. Another episode of EOS, Traction for Your Workplace Goals. Michelle Millard is uh, our practitioner of EOS, and we're glad you've uh, found us. If you did not find our Scene Setter episode, it should be right here, one before this one. So you can grab that one and have a listen to the overall process for a second. And then uh, we're going to start focusing on specific uh, issues that folks are dealing with in the workplace and how EOS can help. There are six key components, by the way, of the EOS model. Isn't that right, Michelle? So there are six key components uh, to that. One is vision. The second one is people. The third one is data. The fourth is issues. The fifth is process. And the sixth is traction. And so what we have found is that most organizations are grappling with about 136 issues at a time uh, and putting out those fires. And what we have learned is it's because one of those or maybe two of those components are not operating at full potential. And so if we can make those and help those components operate 100% strong, then we can solve and eliminate many, many issues, more than half of those issues from ever coming back up again, or you know, really even coming out at all. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, you've heard the expression, you're down in the weeds, you can't see the forest or how, you know, I'm, I'm mixing my uh, metaphors. Anyway, I don't know what that is, but I'm, yeah. I'm mixing something. But the point is, when you're down there in the job, it's hard to see the whole process, isn't it? it uh, is. Folks, folks um, in one position I had used to laugh at me because I would say, wait a minute, give me the 60,000 foot view because I need to understand how this all works before I'm down here in the trees trying to make it happen. And, and so people would laugh at me because I would stop the whole train to want to know this. But that is difficult, isn't it, to, to understand the whole forest and then what your part of the trees is doing in that process. Yeah, there's really a great, uh, another metaphor, kind of a vision uh, that we create often when we're talking about this. And so if you're going through the Amazon, and and this is probably not politically correct, but you're making a road, so you're clearly cutting trees down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't don't yell at me for for that (laughs) analogy. But uh, so if you're, you know, you're, you're supposed to go, Northwest, right? Exactly. And if you are down in the trees, just whacking away and really, really, really productive, really productive, except nobody climbs the tree to see if you're going Northwest anymore, you could be so productive and be going Southwest. You could be just zigzagging, right? So it takes you twice as long to get ultimately to the end. Um, and so that's a really great analogy is that it, it, there, it, you need to be in the weeds. You need to be on the ground, an airplane touching the tarmac, but that airplane has to come back up. You have to climb that tree to make sure that ultimately you're still on track to where you're going and then get back down and you know head down in there. So um, that is exactly how we do it and when, what we need to do. Well, I think that analogy explains it as well, that uh, you need the big picture and the little picture, I suppose, and almost at the same time. Well, uh, part of uh, what we talked about uh, in our uh, scene setter when we when we first introduced you to folks was the uh, the notion of several key frustrations that happen uh, very often in a lot of workplaces that help uh, derail things. And we'll be addressing those in the succeeding episodes. One of those is assuring that you have the right people. Is that right? 
It is, absolutely. Um, and so this is not uh, earth shattering, right? So right people, right seed actually started by Jim Collins in the book, Good to Great. Uh, and so let's define that. So we have a, maybe everyone has a clear idea of what we mean by right seat or right people, excuse me. And uh, then we'll talk about some of the key issues that some of that can address. So right people are, they uh, believe, bleed, engage, completely are your core values. And so we kind of have to have a step back to make sure those core values in your organization are true. And so here's an example. Uh, I was working with a client and He said, the leader said, well, work-life balance is a core value. And I think everybody on that leadership team fell off the chair. Uh, and they all looked at him and they're like, what? And he goes, well, we all want it. And he's like, yes, but we don't do it. We're all working 60 hours, 70 hours a week. There is no work-life balance. Mm. So we have to make sure that our core values in this case are not aspirational, meaning it's what we want to be. It's So many times organizations will put their core values on the wall. And so I joke around and says, make sure what's walking your halls resembles what's on your walls, right? And so it has to be true to who you are. It can't be aspirational. Um, Sometimes, you know, a bank will have, well, you, you know, don't steal. Well, if you're a bank, that's pretty like a pay to play. That should be what we call pay to play. Integrity would be key. I mean, integrity is in, in most organizations, but at the same time, you know, that kind of is even more. So that's what we mean by right people is that you have the right core values and that you start to evaluate your people to those core values to make sure that they fit your core, your culture as a, as a whole. Right. Uh, and is it true then that very often what's on the walls is aspirational in that it's gone up on the wall, but there's not really a process that's been articulated to help make that happen? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so the sometimes the leadership team says this is, these are great core values, uh, but they have not asked uh, and, and they have not uh, vetted it to their people. And so we have a tool which we call the people analyzer. And so actually when we go through the process of setting core values, we actually use the leadership team to do a right then and there live evaluation of each other based on those core values. Sometimes that's a little uncomfortable, to be honest with you, Uh, but it's true. And it's the last kind of vetting point to make sure that they're right. And so we'll put the core values at the top of this people analyzer um, as far as like maybe even Excel document. And I think Richard, we can um, share that with people too uh, as an option, but um, the core values go at the top and then employees names just go at the bottom and so one of our core values is help first for, entre- for entrepreneur operating system. And so if I was most of the time resembling that, doing that, helping first, I would get a plus in that box. Hmm. If I was most of the time not doing that, I would get a minus in that box. And if it was 50-50, right, sometimes doing it, sometimes not, I would get a plus minus. And so we start to truly evaluate whether those core values are in our best or in our company with our leadership team or our best employees. And then people know that they have employees that are struggling. And so we put them through the litmus test. And then what we do is many times people have a different uh, scale of their A player or their superstar. And so we set a bar Mm. for the organization to say, so EOS has five core values for us. Three of those core values need to be plus. Two of those can be plus minuses. No minuses at all. 
so that everybody is at the same bar. And so if from a management or a leadership standpoint, it's very, very clear how we're evaluating our staff. Uh, and it's not emotional. It's fact-driven, black and white, which helps organizations really hone in and, and not be you know, arguably play favorites or, you know, assume that guy, you know, it's my brother-in-law, so he's doing great, right? right. <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> Boy, you have stirred up a bunch of things in my mind with, with these things. Um, first of all, I guess, first of all, you have to do this in order to be clear about whether or not you have the right people, even though, as you pointed out, sometimes it gets a little uncomfortable. It's got to be done, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's definitely got to be done because if you don't have the right people, uh, you can teach most skills, right? I mean, obviously, if they're a surgeon, they have to go through education to get there. Um, but in, in most organizations, you can teach them. But if somebody can't do the right thing, right, if it's not inherently them, or one of our other core values is humbly confident. There are people that can't be humbly confident that they're just not humble, <laughs> right? Mm. And, and, and that's okay. They just don't fit our organization. And that's when we have to start to address it and say, it's okay that they don't. So even on the hiring process, um, how do we evaluate whether that person's um, vanity or ego will not be able to them to execute the humble part of that? Uh-huh. And and this is not what we would call a performance evaluation. It's uh, it's a broader look here at this stage, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it can be used uh, for that. And so we do bring that into a quarterly conversation uh, throughout that uh, piece is uh, kind of rising ties raises all ships, right? So when we first talk to organizations and we're putting this in, of course, we're going to have people that are minuses and plus minuses. Uh, we are not proponents of literally saying, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. Right. How much resources do you want to put into uh, time, effort, money into those people to raise them up? Because mm -hmm. sometimes you're impressed that once you have a true black and white uh, factual system that they rise up just because they now know where the target is. It is not a moving target in a dark room, which may have been the case before, even though you thought you were clear. It, it may not be the case for them. Right. So their reality is their perception is a reality. Uh, and so now when we get crystal clear on that, a lot of times you'll you'll see them just rise up now that they know it. So, um, right. This is not a mechanism by which uh, necessarily uh, you might decide you need to clear out the staff and start over. But it's important to know if someone just generally doesn't fit the core values. Correct. Correct. Man. And it's just nice to be able to also use it on the hiring process, right? So yeah. if you have one job for sales, all of your candidates can be listed on the left-hand side, just as you have with your employees. And then you can see in one chart, their um, evaluation, if you will, to each other on your core values. And so mm -hmm. we have to get very specific of share with me a time where you were humbly confident, right? Give me an example where uh, one of our core values is grow or die, right? So, um, all, and it's not just growth in sales, it's growth as you as a human, right? Is really what the point is, is, is really, are you a continuous learner? Are you wanting to learn or, or not literally die? But that's kind of our philosophy on it. So mm -hmm. you can evaluate that uh, very clearly to um, the hiring process, as well as a quarterly conversation of how they fit your organization. So again, core values are the fit, who you guys are at the core. 
All right. And uh, that is what we're focusing on as part of our series, EOS Traction for Your Workplace Goals. Michelle Millard is easily available if you just uh, click over to her website, your-sherpa.com, Y-O-U-R-S-H-E-R-P-A.com. You can reach out there if you wish, if we've inspired you to do so. Coming up in our next episode, we'll focus, now that we've talked about the right people, what about the right people in the right seat or not. We'll focus on that in our next episode of EOS Traction for Your Workplace Goals here on The Richard Pyatt Show. If you'd like your very own free copy of The People Analyzer, just reach out to Michelle via email and request it. All you have to do is go to your-sherpa.com, Y-O-U-R-S-H-E-R-P-A, The Shell's email is right there at the top of the page, and you can reach out and request that. Can't write that down right now? That's okay. Just go to richardpyattshow.com, EOS Episode 2, and the link is in the show notes. 